Hello again. I know this um, I'm back quite quickly after the last episode, but um, it was quite short, chapter seven. So I thought I would um, just start on again with chap, just carry on again with chapter eight. Um, so again, thanks very much for coming back. My name's Annie. This is my podcast, and it's just me telling, me reading my the book that I've written. Um, it's part one of a trilogy, um, and it's called it's called Black Pegasus. And we're now on chapter eight. So, hope you've been enjoying it so far. Okay, so here we go. Chapter 8. Mariana clambered over the rocky shoreline. An hour ago she had woken on the cliff top where she had been sitting with Alexander. Her head had been lying on top of her dry clothes, her rucksack was by her side, and Alexander's coat was still around her. She didn't know how long she had been asleep for, or at what point Alexander had left, but being with him now felt like an eternity ago, and like it could quite possibly have all been a dream. With the rucksack still containing the two medicine bottles slung firmly over her back, Mariana approached the opening of the sea cave, which was the home of David, Jessica and their father Brian. Their cave was distinguishable from others along the cliff face by its external decoration. Most merfolk caves were decorated inside and out, with hundreds of little chips of glass, gemstones, coloured ceramics, gold and silver pieces, or anything that was pretty and which caught the eye of the beholder. Such small little items were often found amongst the pebble beaches, they would have once been part of the old drowned cities, but time and tide had lifted them to the surface and smashed them against the rocks. Now merfolk collected them like humans had once collected flowers, to decorate their homes. Many other things from the old cities were also found washed onto the rocks and the shore, and much drifted along the ocean surface. Useful or attractive items were kept by the merfolk and used either for themselves or sold on salvage stalls. However, the main source of income and trade for the merfolk was oil. It was harvested from deep in the ocean in the places where oil platforms had once stood. Harvesting oil was dangerous work, and for those merfolk who managed it, the oil they collected commanded a good price. The cave of Jessica, David and their father Brian was deep and wide, and could be accessed directly from the sea or the cliffs on either side. Internally, the floor had been built up with flat rocks, therefore, even at high tide, it never contained more than two feet of water, and in the evening the entrance was also dammed up by large boulders, so that any incoming water did not disturb the sleeping mare family. The outside edge of the cave opening was decorated with a border of little silver and gold sections set together in a mosaic of curving lines. Clay was readily found along the shorelines, and it was used to set the mosaic pieces firmly into the stone. Mariana had helped Jess find many little pieces of colourful stone and glass when they were younger. They had swum together in the sea and searched for pretty eye-catching things or anything else of interest. It had been one of Mariana's favourite pastimes. Every hunt had been an adventure where they had always found something, jewellery, colourful tiles, watches, lampshades and even large sections from old stained glass windows. Once they had found a complete arch section of stained glass stuck between two rocks, it had no scratches or breaks or cracks, and it showed a picture of the sun, the moon, and a crucifix. Mariana realised it must have been from an old church building where humans used to worship. It was so beautifully crafted that they had decided to leave it where it was, instead of pulling it from the rocks and breaking it apart. But everything else they had found which glittered in the sunshine or contrasted colourfully against the grey rocks, they kept, and Jess, like all the other mermaids, had used the treasure to decorate her home, inside and out. Jessica's mother had died after giving birth to David, and their father Brian had never got around to making the cave a home. But as Jess had grown up, she had watched the other mermaids at work, and, seeing what they did to their homes, had decided that her home was going to be the prettiest of all. 
If there was a competition for the shiniest, most eye-catching, intricately decorated cave, it would have been Jess's. She had smoothed the rough walls first with clay, then arranged her little pieces of treasure to fit against one another in the shape of swirls, lines and loops, transforming a bag of random unconnected bits and pieces into shimmering patterns. And when candles or oil lamps were lit inside the little cave alcoves, their flames would dance over the mosaic walls, making them shine and sparkle, making the mermaid's cave a place of beauty and making it a home. Mariana jumped from the rock into the water surrounding the cave entrance and looked in through its wide open mouth. Jess, she called. David, are you home? Mariana's voice disappeared into the depths of the cave, but no reply came back. David, Jess, she called again. Stepping further in so that her feet were submerged in seawater, Mariana entered the cave and glanced around. It was not unusual for Jess to be out, but it was unusual for David not to be at home at this time of day. David, she called, Brian, but she knew they would have heard her by now if they were at home. The cave was not that big or that deep and there were no hidden passages into which her voice could not reach. Shifting the rucksack uncomfortably, she frowned in disappointment. She had been so looking forward to giving the medicine bottles to David. Now she would have to wait or maybe she should take one final look at the back of the cave. Maybe David was still sleeping. Treading through the water, she approached the little shallow pool where David normally slept. It was dark and the pool was surrounded in a low circle of stones so, so, so she had not been able to see it until now. But there he was, sleeping peacefully, afloat on his back. David was different from a normal seaman, a normal merman. He was Jessica's twin brother, born one hour after her. But while Jessica had grown into a normal mere person, David had not. His skin was mostly grey with a mixture of blue around his tail. His arms were short and his hands consisted of two broad, flat fingers, one smaller than the other, like small baseball gloves. David's arm and, arms and hands functioned well enough, and because they were very much like flippers, they were excellent aids for swimming. But due to their lack of dexterity, precision of grip and range of movement, they were limited in use. David had been a frail boy who was often ill and frequently in pain. Now, as a grown man, he suffer, he, his suffering was still the same, but he never complained. His smile was wide and his teeth were small and evenly spaced on, top, on both the top and bottom row. His nose was tiny and his eyes were bright and widely spaced apart. And if one sat for too long staring at him, they could be forgiven for seeing in him, in him some of the endearing characteristics of a dolphin. David, Mariana gently whispered, kneeling down closer to him. David! Mariana softly lapped her hand through the water of the shallow pool, but David did not move. His body merely bobbed gently in the ripples. Gripped with sudden alarm, realising how very still he was, she shook his shoulder. David! David! Mariana leaned in closer and noticed deep serrated wounds on the other side of his body. She noticed too that the wounds were still bleeding and that the water was crimson red. She laid her palm on David's chest. It was not moving. She put her cheek to his mouth. There was no breath. There was no life in him at all. He was dead. Suddenly, an angry voice reverberated through the walls of the cave like the clash of ice on stone. Get out of my house, it growled. This is all you're doing. You killed him. Mariana turned around. At the entrance of the cave sat the dark outline of David's father, Brian. Brian, what's happened? What's happened to David? He came because of you, Brian's angry voice boomed. You stole from him. This was your punishment. Killing my son was your punishment. Who are you talking about? Who came? Who? 
Alexander Zidane, heir to the rulership of our world. That's who. He came because of you. I told him we had nothing, that you had given us nothing, but he did not believe us. So he took the life of my son as payment. He tortured my poor, helpless son and he made me watch it all, every last moment. I heard every scream and I saw his last breath as it left his chest. I was helplessly bound and he made me watch. He did it because of you, Mariana. You. If not for your actions, my son would still be alive. Get out, he shouted. Get out before I throw you out. But Brian, Mariana pleaded, get out. David was dead because she had stolen the medicine bottles? Because of that, Alexander had murdered David and made Brian watch? She could hardly believe it. But, but, that she had see, but that she had seen David's torn body with her own eyes and heard Brian's words with her own ears, she would not have believed it to be true. This was unbearable. She would rather that Alexander's brutality had been dealt upon her. Oh, how she would now do anything to turn the clock back, to have stayed in the prison dome and done what Alexander had asked. If only she had stayed, because anything was better than this. But are you sure it was him, Alexander Zidane? Marianne asked. He told me his name. He told me his rank. He knew everything about you and your grandfather. Who else would know such things? Who else? I am so sorry, she said. So sorry. Just leave. With painful tears flowing down her face, Mariana clambered over jagged, slippery rocks until she was out of sight of Brian's home. Sitting down, she stared out to sea. Her plan had gone so disastrously wrong. On the journey here, from the Pegasine prison dome to the bottom of the tree city, to the ball of mermaid fire and the trek towards Jessica's house, the one thing that had kept her going was the thought that she had medicine in her rucksack, medicine for David, to help ease his pain. This was the last thing she had imagined would happen. Mariana touched the side of her head and felt the scar. Now how she hated it. For what good was it? Why did it speak to her, mislead and confuse her? What purpose was it serving? And where was his voice now, when she needed it most? Grandfather, she said meekly into the shallow water by her feet, staring at her sad, distorted reflection. What have I done? Mariana! It was Jessica. She was calling out to her from behind some grey rocks on the water's edge. Mariana wiped her eyes and climbed down. Jess, I am so sorry. I cannot believe this has happened. Jess's eyes were bloodshot with tears. Neither can I, but it is not your fault. No matter what my father says, you mustn't blame yourself. Dad is in a lot of pain. He is not th seeing things straight. Give him time. In time he will see. This is not your fault. But was it really Alexander Zidane who did this? You know what he looks like. Was it really him? I didn't see him. I was not there. But I can believe it was him. I told you what people have said about him. He is Pegasian, and just because he is heir to the rulership, it does not change what he is capable of. Remember, they act like men, but in reality they are beasts. But why did he stay, say you had stolen something? Why would he accuse you of such a thing? Mariana sighed. Because it is True? True? How can it be true? Because I did steal something. I was on the city of Gemini last night. I managed to escape, but before I left I took something from them. You were on the city of Gemini? How did you get there? Who took you? Alexander Zidane. Jessica gasped. 
Did he hurt you? Oh, Mariana, are you all right? Yes, I am fine. But why? Why did he take you there? He said that his father was looking for my grandfather. He said they used to be friends and that my grandfather had something that he wanted. This is crazy, Jessica replied, her tail furiously splashing in the water. Completely and utterly crazy. If I did not know you to become a completely sane person, I would not believe it. So how did you escape? A woman who used to be a friend of my grandfather recognised me. She works for Fedora Zidane now. She was human once, but was given wings as part of her job. She helped me escape. So what did you take? Jewels? Money? I took some bread and water and two bottles of medicine. Is that all? Yes, that was all. And what was the medicine for? It was for David, Mariana sighed, to help ease his pain. Small white crested waves lapped against the rocks. Grey clouds dominated the sky, but a patch of blue was visible, and as it moved slowly past the sun, it allowed some warmth to shine through. After a few moments of incredulity, Jess shook her head. Wow, she said. Wow? They killed my brother for a loaf of bread, some water and two bottles of medicine? He was a weak and innocent person and they killed him. It's incredible. The depths that they will go to, it never ceases to amaze me. What can we do, Mariana? What can we do against them? We are so helpless. They cannot be allowed to get away with this. But what can we do? Do you remember the last time we met on the jetty? Mariana asked. Yes. Do you remember what I asked you before I left? You asked me if I could take you to the research platform. And do you remember what you said? Ah, I think I agreed. For some strange reason, I think I agreed. There must have been madness in the air that night, Jessica briefly smiled. No, not madness, just a belief that maybe we could change things. How? How can we change anything? We can try. I haven't told you this yet, but there's something going on, something to do with my grandfather. He has left me something. You never told me this before. He disappeared five years ago. You never mentioned anything about him leaving you something. Yes, but I have just discovered it myself. It's like a giant puzzle with a few pieces missing. And you want me to help you find those missing pieces? Jess asked. Yes, I do. You're the one person in this world whom I know with all my heart that I can ask for help and whom I can trust completely. That's emotional blackmail, Jess frowned. So will you do it? Mariana pleaded. Do you really believe this will help? Jess asked sceptically. I don't know, but I have to try. Okay, Jess replied. I would rather do something, even, it is com even if it is completely crazy, than do nothing at all. Let's go. I will guide you to the research platform. Now? Mariana asked. Now, Jess replied. Come on, follow me. With a flick of her long green tail, Jess dived under the water. And as she swam with effortless speed alongside the rocky shoreline, Mariana followed her, running to keep up. Okay, so that's the end of chapter eight. Uh, okay, that's it. Bye for now.